Ah! Hello! How are you guys doing? This is Super Gamecast 2. This is our podcast where we talk about video games, nerd culture, and whatever else we feel like talking about. My name is Aaron Reynolds. I am your host. And uh, people watching on video may have noticed uh, one Bronson Fiore is not here. Uh, Bronson is actually away. He is hanging out at the hospital. Uh, and he's doing fantastic, as far as I know. And uh, we'll, we're going to see him later. We're going to see him later this week. We're going to try and organize a uh, sort of a, a Halo get together, I think, like a community night uh, to celebrate him coming back. So everything's good. We're just going to hang out by ourselves and uh, talk video games. And and yeah, that's going to be a good time. Sip coffee. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. It's just going to be you and me. I hope you're all right with that. Uh, I hope everyone's week went well. Uh, mine was a bit up and down. You know, just finding out halfway through the week, Bronson's in the hospital. I'm like, shit, okay. Um, and to be fair to Bronson, this is not the first time this has happened this year. Um, but just like, shit. Oh, God. Uh, um... Um, you know, among uh, other things going on, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a wild one. Uh, I'm sure Bronson will be thrilled to hear that uh, I finally got through Travis Strikes Again. Um, they have a DLC for because you're supposed to be collecting six, six death balls, and at the very the very last one, uh, you don't get until after the game's over. It's ridiculously hard, so I just like learned what what happens in it, and uh, yeah, we're good to go. Yeah, they they allude to uh, a lot with uh, No More Heroes three. So, Bronson and I are going to try and generally play that game uh, together. We'll probably have our thoughts on that soonish. Um, big, I'm really into the No More Heroes franchise. I it was weird. I started a month or two ago. It was a couple months ago. Time is weird. Um, had a great time with it, uh, but it was also just weird. No More Heroes is weird. Suda's games are weird, and that's okay. That's what that's what makes them great. Um, so yeah, it'll be cool to see that. Uh, spend a little more time with Final Fantasy XIV. I'm going to be, I think, diving deep into the, uh, that game for the next couple months uh, due to it and Walker releasing soon. And uh, yeah, that's going to be a, a real good time. I uh, got a bunch of games that are uh, releasing uh, in the near future. Let me let me look this up. Uh, how how to search? I'm, I'm just going to type game releases here. Sure, let's go to IGN. What what could possibly go wrong? We're going to go here. Uh, there we are. Uh, let's see. Sword of the Necrodancer. Sword of the Necromancer, uh, not Necrodancer. See, some of these are like just, you know, releasing on different platforms or like, yeah, Binding of Isaac. Is, is that a new thing? Repentance. That's coming out on a, on a number of platforms here. Uh, November 4th. Just Dance 2022. It is still going. I, I guess I I guess I shouldn't be surprised. But. Uh, yeah, I know uh, we got. 
Uh, later in December, we have uh, Halo Infinite coming. Forza Horizon 5 is out November 9th. I've seen some real good reviews of that uh, hanging out in the nines. Um, so we got that to look forward to. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic is coming to Switch November 11th. Uh, we got our, our Grand Theft Auto trilogy coming out the 11th. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei 5 is November 12th. Um, let's see here. There are a number of games coming out here. Do, do, do. <laughs> Blood Rain's coming to PS4, Switch, and Xbox One. Remember Blood Rain? Wow. Sure. That got Blood Rain and Blood Rain 2. Uh, that, that got a movie. I don't... It's been a while. Uh, did not see that movie. Diamond and Pearl coming... Uh, it says here, Shining Pearl's 18th and Brilliant Diamond's 19th. I think that's a mistake. I think someone messed that up. Uh, Farming Simulator 22 uh, coming out on everything. Uh, Final Fantasy 14 online says November 23rd. That's old news. We'll get to that bit of news in a little bit, but that's not correct anymore. Uh, and then, of course, there's a smash hit that everyone's trying to get out of the way of, uh, which is Cricket 22. Uh, if you want your cricket simulations, uh, that's that's the way to go. And then this is all November. All these are November, so we're not even getting we're not even getting Halo Infinite in December here. Let's go ahead and skip ahead. Um, uh, let's see, Big Brain Academy, Hatsune Miku, Halo Infinite, December eighth, right there. Uh, for we we do uh we do Game of the Year stuff, and that's kind of at our uh, cutoff point. So if anything happens around here. The gunk is supposed to happen in December, supposedly. Um, we got a new Friday Nights at Freddy's security breach. I don't know if anyone even still plays those. I have to imagine. Um, that just seems like old news at this point. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! Rush Duel. Apparently still coming out Q4. These are all Q4. These all have to be like pushed, right? Or like someone didn't clean up the IGN. Oh, I never got around to Loop Hero. That was a big deal uh, earlier this year. Loop Hero. And then it just kind of... Everyone enjoyed it and said, okay. Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. I've been hearing some stuff about this game. Uh, people at Shovel... The people responsible for Shovel Knight are super excited about this game. But of course they are because they made it. Um, Ollie Ollie World. Ollie's still going. River City Girls Zero. What is the status of these games? All these say Q4. Are they pushed? Did they already get released? I'm going to stop looking at this. This is a mess. IGN, your games release thing, seems like a mess. Anyway. So yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a good time over here. Just been playing video games and trying to enjoy this fall weather. Uh, as much as I can before it gets too cold and I then wrap myself in a blanket and wait for four months for the big cold to go away. Mm -mm -mm. <sighs> Let's see, what other video games am I looking forward to? Obviously Halo Infinite, but uh, due to some moving release dates uh, from other games, I don't know if I'm going to be playing Halo right away. Besides, I need to get to Halo 5. 
I still have not played Halo 5. We, we did that long Halo stream where we went through 1, 2, 3, and 4 on our Twitch channel. And that was a fun time. I actually really enjoyed Halo 4. Uh, but 5 is not... I don't know. I haven't played it yet. I got to play it solely on the Xbox, I think. It's not a PC thing. So we got to figure that out. But uh, let's see. I don't know. I'm not really looking... Personally, I'm not really looking forward to much. Uh, but uh, that's because I have one game that's taking over my entire life. But before we get to that, let's, because that's a news story all to itself, right? Uh, we've got, I want to find a good article that explains all the stuff uh, that I need to get through here. But I don't know. Yeah, we, we, we may have to do some digging for that story. But let's get into the news. Uh, news here. I, I, I grabbed a number of stories. There's only like four or five here that I really kind of want to dive deep on. Uh, the rest of these are, are rather quickie. So if you in chat have uh, have a news story or if you in Discord, uh, in our Discord, have a news story we want to talk about, go ahead and link it and uh, we'll cover it unless it's dumb. I probably, we'll probably look at it even, even if it's dumb. Uh, all right, let's go change change scene. I know how to use XSplit. All right, so <laughs> I'm just going to read this headline. NVIDIA RTX 30 series graphics cards stolen in truck heist. This is from uh, Waypoint, who is the games division of Vice.com. Uh Someone has stolen a shipment of GeForce RTX 30 series graphic cards from a truck in Southern California. According to a post on the EVGA forum, someone lifted the graphics cards on October 29th as they were en route to a distribution center. So, like, my my question that I hope is answered is, was this, was this like they were stopped and the door was open and someone just snagged it? Or are we talking fast and furious cars pull up? Somehow I doubt that's how it went, but I can hope in my heart of hearts. Uh, please take notice that on October 29, 2021, a, si a shipment of EVGA GeForce RTX 30 series graphics cards was stolen from a truck en route from San Francisco to our Southern California distribution center. These graphic cards are in high demand, and each has an estimated retail starting at $329.99 up to $1959.99. Uh, the post didn't detail which specific models of cards were in the theft or how many cards were stolen, but 329 to 1959 covers a wide range. The lowest would be an RTX 3060 and the highest an RTX 3090. It is almost impossible to purchase a graphics card at its suggested retail price right now. NVIDIA's 3000 series of cards sold out instantly when they were released in 2020, crashing several websites. Yeah, so is this, is this a... Uh, cryptocurrency mining deal is that what this or no this is just this is just scammers right like these aren't the people that are ultimately buying these and then keeping them these are these are people who intend to flip them uh that's the only reasoning they have to to go for the taking them now uh let's see nvidia cards were hard to obtain blah, 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 blah. chip shortage the reasons for the shortage are complicated Coronavirus, all that fun stuff. 
this is just this is just recapping all this stuff. Uh, EVGA, EVGA also implied that it knows the serial number of every graphics card that was part of the shipment. If you are able to successfully register your product and see it under my products, then your product is not affected by this notice. You can also check the serial number at the EVGA warranty check page to see if it is affected. EVGA will not register or honor any warranty or upgrade claims on these products. So there you go. They know which ones were taken. Uh, they won't honor warranties, which, you know, if, if these are people who are using them for crypto mining, then they don't care. These are for people flipping them. Uh, good luck to y'all. If you're getting those graphics cards, hope you do not get one of these stolen ones. Uh, yeah, damn bummer. Been thinking about graphics cards, uh, lately thinking about it, but I honestly have not begun to look at a price and i'm sure if i did uh i would dissuade myself from doing so uh you know for people who have been listening uh, i've been thinking about doing some vr stuff and if i do i really don't know i'm like my my 1660 super could probably handle uh you know at least the minimum requirements but it's not ideal you know uh but this is the way it is. If we're if we're doing truck heists now, if that's how bad this has gotten, and Bronson's been saying he's been he's basically just waiting for the four thousand series. Which at this point, yeah, that may be that may be what we have to do. Uh, okay, next story, <laughs> potentially related. Who knows? Um, this this is this is a dual parter. Uh, we'll we'll jump in between these two articles here. Uh, but one is from International Business Times regarding Ubisoft, and the other is from Game Developer regarding EA. Uh, Ubisoft announces plans to develop play-to-earn blockchain and NFT games. I don't know what this means. I have looked at this. This last week, before we get into this news story, this last week I have been reading about NFTs just trying to understand it. And as far as I can tell, it is like stock trading, except you own like, you're not like, there's no uh, ETFs or anything. It's like you're buying individual stocks and the stocks are these images and their value goes up or down based on demand. But what's the demand? Why? It's I, I don't I don't get it. Uh, they they released uh, the most popular one that you may have seen are the bored monkey, and then there's the the lion one, and they're just not great drawings. Like obviously an art a, a talented artist drew them. Like I could not draw what these are, but like, why do I want to own these? What is the point of this? Um. And some of it, some of the people have said uh, it's about flexing how much money you have by spending a stupid amount of money on something that, like, otherwise doesn't really have any value. Um, I've seen, like, so so when you first look at NFTs and you're thinking about, like, oh, I own this picture, no one else owns this picture, and people try to own them by, like, doing, you know, right-click, save as. Some people get been out of shape about that but uh 
what I've learned over time is that that's not the people who actually know what's going on with NFTs do not care, and in fact are are perfectly fine with you spreading uh, their image because it supposedly raises the value of the NFT. Um, it's just weird. And uh, for those of you who don't know, the biggest problem with NFTs uh, is that in order to same same with a lot of crypto is in order to generate them uh, and you know check to see they're legit and all that it requires a lot of processing power which at it, it's just needless and it uh you imagine all of these graphics cards that are getting bought up and collected and used solely for this purpose it's actually pretty bad for the environment uh and, and it wouldn't you know that that's the fucked thing is that like oil natural gas all that fun stuff uh bad for the environment but there's a there's a use we're using those things at least we've actually created something worse uh with this now that can be solved if they come up with a better way that doesn't work graphics cards so hard uh it sounds like they're trying to make that happen uh because that's like the biggest downside uh with nfts but beyond that like it just seems pointless uh, there's a social club aspect I learned. Uh, if you own like this monkey, you get invited to. They re- they like reserved a yacht and like Questlove was playing music there, and all these people who own this monkey NFT go get got to go. Um, it's weird. It's so weird, uh, and I don't. I don't know. But that's the thing is that, okay, so I've explained all of this stuff about NFTs. And granted, it's not necessarily the full picture because I'm still trying to understand them. Uh, there's also like a lot of scam artists and NFTs. And so that that gets mixed in with that. So everyone assumes it's all a scam. And maybe it is. There's a lot of there's a lot of multi-level marketing energy in this in this crowd. And it's it's weird. I but then this is you see stories like this. And then you're trying to figure out what if there's more to this that I'm not getting uh, when Ubisoft and EA are attaching themselves to this. Uh, that's when I start wondering. Okay, key points. This is from the uh, International Business Times article. Uh, Ubisoft recently held its earnings call. The CEO revealed the company plans. These plans include development of play-to-earn games. So let's read through this article and see if we can find... <laughs> what this is about uh ubisoft has shared its plans to be the key player in the industry when it comes to developing projects based on the play to earn concept blockchain technology and nfts have begun disrupting the gaming industry through though valve previously removed blockchain and nfts on steam other platforms like epic games have become more welcoming now it looks like ubisoft wants to take part in the action the company did not only invest in animoca animaca Brands, a blockchain gaming company. Wait, is that a is that a link? Can we can we look that up later? Uh, I don't. I'm I'm just gonna open that up for later. We'll see if we can find something. Uh, but also announced its plans to integrate blockchain technology into its video games releasing in the future. It is worth noting, however, that the company's plans remain vague to this day. Yeah, no kidding. I, what play to earn is a hazy concept. That's what the that's the story. That's not even me. It's a hazy concept that allows developers to give away cryptocurrency in exchange for playing a game. Ubisoft Chief Executive Officer Yves Guillermo shared more about this at the company's most recent earnings call. The executive who believes blockchain is very attractive for the long term 
said the company is interested in creating digital economies. As you see, this industry, this is a quote, as you see, this industry is changing regularly with lots of new revolutions happening. We consider blockchain one of those revolutions. It will imply more play to earn it will imply more play to earn that will enable more players to actually earn content, own content, and we think it's going to grow the industry quite a lot. Uh, so we have been working with lots of small companies going on the blockchain, and we're starting to have a good know-how of how we can impact the industry. We want to be one of the key players there. The company aims to employ a new method of monetization, which Ubisoft Chief Financial Officer Frederick Degui I don't know, I apologize, uh, referred to as play to earn. Quote, blockchain will enable more play to earn that will enable more players to actually earn content, own content, and we think it's going to grow the, in wait, this is the same thing. Uh, we've been working with lots of small companies going on blockchain and we're starting to have a good know-how of, yeah, you just, this, this article. Um, <laughs> my questions are left unanswered. It sounds like they're, they're okay. So they're going to create currencies uh, that I assume are attached to their game. It's very weird. It's like current these cryptocurrencies. There's just a bunch being created, and they're just creating more and more. And Ubisoft seems to think this is going to benefit them by doing this. I don't know. What? Let's see here. Let's see. Unknown to many, Ubisoft has been tinkering with blockchain for years. The company's strategic innovation lab, a division looking into new technology like machine learning, AI, crypto, and blockchain, has been investigating blockchain since 2018. Okay. That, that didn't answer the questions I was hoping would be answered. Uh, all we know is Ubisoft is, is exploring these options and is looking to be a key player in it. Apparently, it's big. Uh, Epic Games has gotten involved in it. Let's see. Amioka Brands. I just loaded up their website. Uh, Animoca. Animoca Brands raises $65 million at $2.2 billion valuation from Ubisoft, Sequoia, China, Dragonfly Capital, others. So there's money. Uh, let's see. Animoca Brands, the company driving digital property rights via NFTs and gaming to build the open metaverse Today announced that it has closed a capital raise for 65 million U.S. dollars um, conducted at a pre-money valuation. I, yeah, I don't know. This is this is early, I suppose, but I'm just not. I'm not connecting what the use for this is. It doesn't seem like something that has a use case for consumers, really. It, it really says a lot that, uh, that these stories that I've read over and over again do not seem to show how this benefits the player and more how these companies see ways of getting money. Um, it'd be nice if someone could... Someone in, within these communities could explain why it's good but see some of the company's major blockchain game projects include rev racing f1 delta time motor gp ignition and formula e high voltage uh, as well as the sandbox and its associated utility token sand i yeah i don't know 
you're not going to get any answers from me. I, we should know that this is what's going on because uh, Ubisoft is buying in on this. And look at the, the money, the $2.2 billion valuation. That's a lot of money. There are these companies that really believe in this, whatever it is. Uh, and it's not just Ubisoft. Let's move on to the next story. EA calls NFTs and blockchain games the future of our industry in earnings call. This all happened within like the same week as uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Meta uh, announced plans to develop the metaverse. Uh, So that's all. This is all connected. Uh, Let's see here. EA published its second quarter results for fiscal year 2022 yesterday, tracking the three-month period ending September 30th, 2021. Net revenue and net profit were both up, 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 up. I want to talk. This is great. Whatever. About the company's interest in blockchain games and non-fungible tokens. During an earnings earnings call, Wilson, uh, oh, CEO of EA, Andrew Wilson, Uh, Wilson described both business models as the future of our industry, but also said that it's still early for EA to enter the field. Damn right, it's early. I think that in the context of the games we create and the live services that we offer, collectible digital content is going to play a meaningful part in our future, he stated, uh, as spotted by PC Gamer. It's still early to tell, but I think we're in a really good position and we should expect us to kind of think more innovatively and creatively about that on a go-forward basis. Uh, Good news for investors or anyone fixated on making money with in-game assets, but bad news for anyone concerned about the environmental impact of blockchain tech and NFTs, not to mention the unanswered questions about using objects earned in-game as financial assets. So that explains, that says a little bit about what we're kind of looking at here. Looks like we're taking in-game assets, like flipping them for money? Uh... They're trying to work on the environmental impact of, of developing NFTs um, and cryptocurrencies again, like I said. But point is they're not doing it right now. Uh, it is not happening at this moment. Uh, but using er- objects earned in-game as financial assets. But before we get out of here, let's take a look at how well EA did. Yeah, well, they, they did good. Um, EA has not seen a major dip. From the highs of its pandemic revenue, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where we're at in, in the pandemic, right? I know a lot of people are still working from home, but I don't know. We're still sort of we're in it, but not. Uh, EA also told investors that Apex Legends saw new peak player accounts for active players during the launch of seasons nine and ten. Over seven point seven million players engaged with the Battlefield twenty forty two open beta. Ooh. Uh, so that'll be good, supposedly. Um, yeah, probably probably keep an eye on on this because uh, we got Meta's going through going forward with the metaverse, and a lot of companies are going in step. And it seems like you're creating in-game assets that I assume you can move from game to game or something like that. I you know, it is still very early, but keep your eyes on this because I. People, big players are going in on this in a weird way. And so just keep your eyes and ears on that. All right, coffee drink. Uh, uh, uh. Ah, 
This started a little bit of drama uh, online here. It's not as as huge, I think, as some people made it out to be, uh, but it is worth noting. Uh, This is from VideoGamesChronicle.com. Square Enix claims Crystal Dynamics was the wrong fit for, quote, disappointing Marvel's Avengers. Uh, let's, Let's look at this here. Do they have a, they don't have a picture of the actual press, or, it's not a press release, annual report. Uh, Square Enix released an annual report on its games, how they were doing. Uh, and there's a, there's a paragraph or two that specifically targets, uh, the performance of Avengers. Let's go ahead and, and read this. The head of Square Enix has claimed that Crystal Dynamics was a bad fit for Marvel's Avengers, given its lack of experience with the game's uh, as a service model. Addressing shareholders in a statement published in the company's annual report, President Yosuke Matsuda said Square Enix needed to learn from the game's disappointing performance. Notably, he highlighted the importance of matching development studios with, quote, game designs that best suit their skill sets and interests. Avengers developer Crystal Dynamics is best known as the studio behind a single-player Tomb Raider series of games, and its next project is a collaboration with Xbox Game Studios on Perfect Dark. I believe they also worked on uh, Deus Ex, uh, that last Deus Ex that I can't remember the name of. Uh, quote, Marvel's Avengers was an ambitious title for us in that we took on the gas model, games as a service. Uh, We overcame a variety of unexpected difficulties in the final phase of the game's development, including needing to transition to work from home due to the pandemic. We were able to surmount these challenges and release the game, but it has unfortunately not proven as successful as we would have liked. Nonetheless, taking on the gas model... I'm just going to say games as a service. I keep reading gas. Games as a service model highlighted issues that we are likely to face in future game development efforts, such as the need to select game designs that mesh with the unique attributes and tastes of our studios and development teams. While the new challenge that we tackled with this title produced a disappointing outcome, we are certain that the games as a service approach will continue will grow in importance as gaming continues. Why do I keep reading continues? Will grow in importance as gaming becomes more service oriented. How we go about creating new experiences by incorporating this trend into our game design is a key question that we'll need to answer going forward. In a 2019 interview with GamesBeat, Matsuda explained why he thought Crystal Dynamics was well-suited to Marvel's Avengers. Uh, so, okay, we, we can skip a bunch of this. All right, here, here's the deal. Here's, here's the gist of what's happening with this story. Is uh, Avengers, Marvel's Avengers. If you've been following this channel, you remember last year, uh, Bronson and I went hard on Avengers for a good month or so, or at least attempted to. Uh, we played the beta, and uh enjoyed it i actually enjoyed it a lot more than i thought i would uh and the problem was uh the bugs were bad it was game breaking literally game breaking uh at points and it continued to be so even after full release that really messed up this game's expectations uh and not a lot of people stuck around to wait to see what it was like after it was fixed and even when it was fixed, you know, you play through a, a good single player. It's a good single player game. And the the end game content just, it just isn't enough. It's, I, I don't know if it's a mix of quantity and quality, uh, whatever it is, but it just doesn't work. And then there's, you're, you're collecting gear, but the gear is invisible. You don't get to collect cool gear. 
uh, it's all just numbers. And, you know, then you're managing all these different resources and it's, it's a pain. Uh, yeah, so, so like the, the player numbers have been very small. I imagine they've been, they've been all right since releasing things like War for Wakanda uh, and other expansions. They are moving forward, getting all that done. They've been trying to get the MCU cosmetics out there. Uh, but I imagine, I haven't looked in a while, but I imagine they're still all purchased with the premium currency that you can technically earn in-game, but it's much easier to just pay the money, which they happily allow you to do. Um, so so what happened on Twitter specifically was uh, people thought that Crystal Dynamics was getting thrown under the bus with this statement. Uh I didn't read it like that the more I thought, the more I read it, uh, but it does seem like Square Enix is, could have used more critical language toward itself, uh, but it, it just, when you read things like, uh, we are certain that the games as a service approach will grow in importance as gaming becomes more service oriented, like their concern with Marvel's Avengers was always we need games as a service games. Let's use this to make one. And when you have played Marvel's Avengers, you understand that there is a good single player game there. What Crystal Dynamics did for a single player game, they made fun combat. They made, you know, fun characters like it it was a, it was a good time. All the problems with Avengers stems from the games as a service model being placed into that game. That's that's the long and short of it. Is is <laughs> oh, this game was disappointing, but don't worry. The thing that broke it is what we're sticking with, and we're going to keep going. Um. So they said, you know, all right, we just we realized that this just wasn't a good fit between the design team and the games as a service model. Which, correct? Yes, that that is the takeaway for that. Um, good luck, I suppose, with. Uh, finding the dev studios that can that can handle that destiny like model better uh, but yeah people are worried about the future of the people as in like the people who play marvel's avengers now are a little worried about the future of marvel's avengers given you know the ceo calling it a disappointing game uh there was news uh spider-man is coming to the PlayStation version of these games. It's getting there. You saw a sneak peek at the costume uh, on one of their live streams recently. So that's still coming, and that I assume that will have a story with it as well. But uh, we don't know. We don't know when this game's going to get shut down. Uh, we will see, because it doesn't seem like it's picking up even after it's been fixed. And new stuff's being added. Uh, here, you know what? Let's move to this other story that also has to deal with Avengers. I know not a lot of you are playing Avengers or even interested in Avengers, but I think what I find interesting about these stories is like the clashing between publisher and developer and consumer and player, you know, uh, what we're trying to get and you know, the business aspect trying to butt its way in and how that conflicts. Uh, this has been a very interesting story for that. Uh, this story 
uh, from game developer. XP boosts pulled from sale in Marvel's Avengers after player backlash. Quote, we apologize for not responding sooner to your concerns about the addition of paid consumables in the marketplace. So, yeah, they have been trying to, because this game has not been doing well, the only way they have been, the only way they can show Square Enix that it is good, like they're not getting it with player count, they're, you know, creating a bunch of cosmetics for people to potentially purchase with real money. Uh, and then what recently happened is uh, XP boosts. You can get just free XP if you're willing to pay the money for it. Because, uh, goddamn, they need money to show that this game is a success and worth continuing. Let's read this story. Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics have pulled XP boost from sale in Marvel's Avengers following a backlash. The company added Heroes, Catalyst, and Fragment Extractors, both of which are consumables that aid progression to the in-game marketplace earlier this year, despite previously pledging to only ever sell cosmetic items for real-world cash. Yeah, that says they've been they're they're struggling. It was a move that rubbed players the wrong way, with some Reddit users uh, accusing both companies of milking the player base dry and being dishonest. Notably, Heroes, Catalyst, and Fragment Extractors were only turned into purchasable items after Square Enix chose to make the XP grind in Marvel's Avengers even grindier, uh, with the studio increasing the amount of XP required to level up characters from level 25 onwards back in March. Remember that? We were we reported on that story. Like, I... <laughs> the fun part is getting all of your characters up to level 50, getting all their stuff unlocked that's when the game like really gets fun and the grind becomes uh getting your it's not light level but you know because it's based on destiny light level to uh 150 and then they decided to make that a harder grind halfway through and it's like okay why are you going to make this worse why are you going to make this experience worse um I don't know if it's like a problem of development time or whatever, but they just cannot seem to get... They apparently just recently released a full-on actual raid, supposedly, in Avengers, which is nice. Uh, I'd have to take a look at that and see what that's like. Uh, but uh, a lot of effort seems to be going into trying to... Uh, I don't know, keep people from getting to the end end, I guess, because they don't have much there. <laughs> uh, let's see. Today, however, both consumables have been removed from sales and an apology was posted on the official Marvel Avengers Twitter account. Quote, we apologize for not responding sooner to your concerns about the addition of paid consumables in the marketplace. We introduced them as an option for an evolving player base and did not see them as pay to win since they don't offer power directly directly okay well hmm. after considering your feedback we have decided that by the end of today we will remove heroes catalysts and fragment extractors for purchase they will continue to be earnable rewards and those already owned are still usable we hope that this can be the first step in rebuilding your confidence in us as a team dude that rebuilding confidence i don't know yeah rocky waters let me this is I don't know. I don't know how long this game can keep going. I know when they get Spider-Man out, they will get a boost. They're at least getting Spider-Man out. However, the fact that that's only on PS4, PS5, that may subtract from the numbers a little bit, but also there's a lot of people playing on PS4, PS5. So, I don't know. 
we'll we'll, we'll see. It's not it's not looking great, but uh, I don't think we're at the end yet for that story. Ooh. Anyway, oh here's the story: Marvel Marvel Avengers Spider Man DLC will include cutscenes in it. Well, God, I would hope so. Come, damn, that's the news story. Jesus. Uh, I also saw, I don't have it pulled in front of me, but I also saw they were uh, consolidating the resource, the number of resources that you gather in that game, uh, which is good, as far as I know. Again, I haven't played this game in months, so I don't know. What a weird story. Uh, this this one's interesting from Bloomberg.com. Take-Two's 2K cancels a $53 million game from developer Hangar 13. Uh God, that's got a that's a dagger. $53 million into a game that we don't know about. Like the project is codenamed Volt, and it had gone through multiple iterations since it was first conceived. The current version struggled due to reboots, technological hiccups, and challenges caused by COVID-19, said the people who asked not to be identified because they weren't authorized to speak publicly. It's been in development since 2017. Set to feature superheroes competing in online gameplay. Oh, okay. It was set to be a new IP for Hangar 13, but 2K executives didn't see it as a worthwhile investment because of the amount of time needed in development before it became a fi- finished product. Now, this sounds this sounds somewhat familiar. <laughs> um, I, I this is kind of a similar thing to uh, the Avengers, right? It's uh, part of the problem with Avengers is it didn't get the time it needed to cook. It didn't get there needed to be like bugs worked out and there needed to be more endgame stuff. And that didn't happen. Neither of those things really happened. And now like, yeah, that's con- that game is considered a loss or at least disappointing. I don't know about a loss. Hmm. But uh, yeah, you see here, this game has been in development for I imagine around the same time, if not a little less. Uh, But uh, they they saw that they were going to need more uh, to build it and just decided, you know what? Even after we spent $53 million, it is still not worth it to keep going with this. Wow. Uh, Employees of Hangar 13, which is owned by Take-Two and based in Novato, California, met Thursday to discuss next steps for the studio. They were told no one would lose their jobs for now and that employees who worked on Volt will be transferred to existing projects within the studio or elsewhere at 2K. So that's good, at least. At least no one's getting fired for this stuff. Um, You know, it sucks. You really don't want a game to get to that point in development and still just nothing happening. We know it's Volt, and we know it was online. It was superheroes competing in online gameplay. But then you need time to make a big game like that. If you're going, if you're going huge with it, um, you need time, money, and people, and uh, just didn't seem to be worth the time or money. So good call. You know what? For this is this sucks, uh, but they've handled it well. Everyone's getting transferred to other stuff. Just keep going with it. But man, those developers put like four years into that game all right so we have one more big story we'll we'll get to that in a little bit i want to roll through some of these smaller ones devolver digital has gone public at a valuation of nine 
hundred and thirty-nine point eight million dollars. Devolver has published over ninety titles titles to date, including popular releases like Fall Guys and Loop Hero. Yeah, Devolver Digital has been on a roll, man. Uh, so they just went public uh, on the London Stock Exchange. Uh, based in Austin, Texas, Devolver has published over 90 titles to date, including Fall Guys, Loop Hero, Death Door, Gris, Minute, and Inscription. Yeah, Inscription has been uh, real popular recently. So yeah, Devolver's been doing great as a as a publisher. Devolver now owns a number of studios and is busy developing its slate of first-party franchises and complementary publishing brand. Uh, Devolver's directors claim going public will grant the company access to capital on an ongoing basis, allowing it to deliver an organic growth strategy while enhancing its reputation as an ethical publisher. An IPO is the right choice for us to ensure our continued growth and support even more wonderful games, said Devolver CEO Douglas Morin. Most importantly, it will allow us to retain our culture. Being a company, being a public company gives liquidity to our amazing team, all of whom are shareholders. Uh, it also gives us access to capital markets to continue investing in organic growth and talent. In a separate blog post, Devolver emphasized that its employees are still the majority owners in the company and again suggested the move will open new doors. Uh, Devolver Digital will be able to continue to invest into all the games we're working on now, partner on new ones that we've previously not been able to consider, and add more of the fine people we love working with into our cadre of of consummate video game professionals. It also noted that all of its studios, including recent acquisitions, Crow Team, Dodge Roll, Nereal, and Firefly Studios, will retain full creative autonomy following the IPO. So all of this sounds good. I mean, as long as... uh, yeah. Devolver has, has been making some some fantastic moves. Uh they're they're a big bright spot in the gaming industry. So I hope this just keeps going. That is my hope with this news. Uh so that's cool. Uh Ubisoft workers demand more than assurances over harassment and misconduct allegations. So, you know, if you've been following the game gaming industry in Anyway, you probably have heard Blizzard has been having it, uh, had harassment issues and their uh, employees are coming together to try and make something better and demand more from management. Ubisoft has been doing the same. They recently hit 100 days uh, this last week uh, since they had demands for management that have not been uh, met at all, uh, which is a shame. So we got a better U- Ubisoft is the is the pro worker group within Ubisoft. Uh, pushing for reform so that's still going on that's something to just keep in mind uh the activision blizzard uh worker group has been making more progress uh between them and uh activision blizzard and uh there was i saw a tweet that was saying uh within that group there was a group uh for activision blizzard that was saying like will bobby kodak uh recognize our union so they're they're go- they're potentially moving for a, a full-on union within activision blizzard which good for them this ubisoft group i don't think is even asking for that they're just like hey could you treat us better <laughs> that would be fantastic um jesus christ so that that's still going on both of those are still going on uh ubisoft this ubisoft group put out a petition 
uh, for people to sign. So if you search uh, Ubisoft petition, I imagine you will find it. Let me let me just test that out real quick. Uh, yeah, just search just search Ubisoft petition, uh, and you will find it. Uh, so yeah, that's going on. Uh, Fortnite won't be launching in China despite years of testing. Uh, Nico Partners senior analyst Daniel Ahmad pointed out that the test version of Fortnite had never received approval from Chinese regulators and didn't include key features like in-app purchases. Um, yeah, it, says, it says it doesn't pri- provide a reason for the shutdown, but down here, um, there'd be a slim chance of gaming gaining approval with monetization mechanics and other key content. Quote, the battle royale genre has been strictly regulated in China, uh, said Ahmad on Twitter. The domestic games... That are approved there are heavy content have heavy content changes such as no blood or dead bodies, and the theme is military training and not last man standing. Um, I find that interesting. Regulators in China are no- notoriously tough and have introduced restrictions including playtime limitations and guidelines on how morality, gender, and history are depicted to ensure video games display a correct set of values. You know, th- there is there is previous news about. Fortnite trying to become a metaverse in itself and given what content is created uh in the west for Fortnite like there is no way like first of all the very nature of Fortnite yeah it's not going to get past uh China with no with dead bodies bit you know you're kind of shooting each other maybe they could disappear or something I don't know but uh yeah no this wasn't going to happen uh, which I imagine Epic Games is not thrilled about because that's a lot of players, a lot of potential monies. But uh, yeah, that ain't happening. Oh well, Fortnite's still going to get a bunch of money. Uh, let's see here. Amy Hennig, Skydance. This is all from Game Developer, by the way, these last few stories uh, I've been pulling from. Uh, Amy Hennig, Sky, Skydance New Media partners with Marvel for AAA project. Uh, so this is cool and interesting. Uh, Amy Hennig, if you don't know, a big player in the Legacy of Kane series, uh, was a, I think, director for Jack 3, but is most notable for being like the writer, uh, and I want to say director, I may be wrong on that, for the Uncharted games 1, 2, and 3. Uh, and then uh, she's currently working on as a writer for for Spoken, which is a big title uh, that is still in development. Supposedly supposed to come out next year. We'll see how that goes. Um, anyway, her company, Skydance New Media, um, see, led by Amy Hedig and Julian Beek, is partnering with Marvel for its debut project. The pair will combine to create a, quote, narrative-driven blockbuster action-adventure game set within the Marvel Universe. So I'm expecting a hero of some sort i don't know i don't know who um project is being built as as an original story and will be skydance new media's first stab at fulfilling its remit of creating titles that offer the visual fidelity of television and film i can't imagine a better better partner than marvel for our first game uh said Henning, who's serving named president of skydance new media the marvel universe epitomizes all the action mystery and thrills of the pulp adventure genre that i adore and lends itself perfectly to an interactive experience uh 
Um, yeah, worked at Crystal Dynamics and Naughty Dog. Uh, Skydance said it has assembled a team with reams of AAA experience to help shape the mystery Marvel project and indicated the title will be heading to traditional platforms alongside emergent streaming services. Ah, is that so? No more to that story. Hmm. Emergent streaming services. Is that is that Stadia? I don't know. Or other services that are coming up. All right. Oh, here we go. Uh, Sega partners with Microsoft to create games using the Azure Cloud Platform. The partnership will form the basis of what Sega is describing as its, quote, super game initiative. Okay. <laughs> Sega has partnered with Microsoft in a bid to produce, quote, large-scale global games using the Xbox Maker's Azure Cloud platform. The Japanese studio explained the strategic alliance will be integral to its mid- to long-term strategy, allowing it to develop titles around philosophies like community, global, online. I, these are just words that are in quotes. I love this. Community, quote, global, quote, online, and, quote, IP utilization. Um, okay. The partnership will form the basis of what Sega is describing as its, quote, super game initiative. And according to the company, will also help it capitalize on emerging trends by streamlining and optimizing its development processes. Quote, Microsoft and Sega have agreed upon the foundation for this alliance and through mutual cooperation will look to build further technological evolutions with areas such as the network infrastructure and communication tools required for global online services being a key priority. Additionally, by shifting to a next-generation development platform, Sega can effectively adapt to diversifying work styles and potential infrastructural changes. Whew. Um, I, I guess this, this is another one that's really early. Uh, something, something to look forward to here. Large-scale global games. Large-scale global games using the Xbox Maker's Azure Cloud platform. People, we need we need to get broadband internet everywhere. Like, let's get we need to we need to figure out some internet stuff. You guys are really pushing for online, and that's great. But people need some internet to join anyway. Um, here's a big story. Uh, Gen well, not as big as the other ones, I think. But like, Jen O'Neill announces departure from Blizzard Entertainment. Activision pledges one million. Well, ooh. Announces departure from Blizzard Entertainment, hyphen. Activision pledges $1 million to Women in Games International. So Jen O'Neill was briefly head co-head of Blizzard Entertainment uh, alongside Mikey Barra uh, after the harassment stuff that happened. Uh, joined Blizzard as Executive Vice President of Development, assisting on Overwatch after the Activision sub-studio was folded into Blizzard. Uh, to assist on the development of Diablo 2 Resurrected. I uh, was quickly promoted to co-leader along with Mikey Barra after all the, after the California lawsuit. So, uh, yeah, she's going to be on for the remainder of the year. She'll be transitioning to uh, a new role working with Activision Blizzard proper 
and the Women in Games International nonprofit organization to utilize a new $1 million grant being issued by Activision to fund skill building and mentorship programs for women within the gaming industry. It also says here in her letter that she is a uh, board member for Women in Games International. Uh, so, yeah, that happened. I also think uh, one of the news stories was uh, Overwatch 2 and Diablo uh, 4, I think, got delayed. Uh, things are just getting, you know, things are getting pushed around. Uh, but yeah, so. Mikey Barra stands alone at the top of uh, Blizzard Entertainment at this moment. And uh, yeah, Blizzard, the, the Blizzard, Blizzard games uh, continue to deal with the fallout. Uh, workers are continuing to try to fix things there i wish the best of luck to them uh we'll keep following these stories as they develop but uh yeah bronson was talking about on our discord uh the super gamecraft discord uh <laughs> bronson in the chat good times at blizzard right now yeah no kidding uh bronson yeah you were talking about let's see 9.1.5 was well received at least and is good yeah that's that's what i hear it sounds like they're just taking, you know, fan requests and making it happen. And then you were saying, like, you're going to come back for Wrath of the Lich King for sure, because that rounds out the trilogy of amazing uh, the the game and uh, its expansions for World of Warcraft. Um, and then we'll see what happens after that. Hopefully, that, that seems like enough time to try and get back on your feet, but I don't know. That's a big deal. And that California lawsuit's still happening. Workers are talking with Blizzard Activision, Activision Blizzard. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's still happening. Wish the best of luck to those guys. Uh, last story. I saved it for the end because I was excited and, and spent a good portion of uh, Friday playing Final Fantasy while watching this. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV's Last uh, pre-Endwalker live letter, there's some details and stuff. But the first thing I want to talk about is uh, Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker has been delayed by two weeks. It is now releasing on the uh, 7th of December. And if you're part of the, the early access bit, then that will start December 3rd. So, yeah, so if you were working on something in Final Fantasy XIV, you got two more weeks to do it. Uh, I'm excited about that because uh, the original release was on Thanksgiving week. Uh, nature of my job, we cannot, people should not, cannot be taking off uh, on Thanksgiving week unless they absolutely have to. And uh, I know, yeah, the day before Halo, I know, I know, if if you're... If you're into both things like we are, uh, this is this is going to be a problem. However, uh, for people who are looking for game coverage, this actually works out because you're definitely getting some Halo coverage from Bronson. You're definitely getting Endwalker coverage from me. So there's that. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm really considering uh, taking a week off to just play uh, Final Fantasy. That's going to be it's going to be a good time. I've never taken off time for a video game release before. I've not gone to school for 
like the last day of conferences at E3. I've done that Monday and Tuesday. Uh, but that was that was school, first of all. Uh, but I don't know. I'm thinking about doing it for this. Uh, we have just over two weeks to go until the end walk. This is from uh, PCGamesN.com, by the way. We have just over two weeks to go until the Endwalker release date. Wait, what? No, you don't. This ar- is this article old? Oh, I got the wrong article. This isn't going to give me anything. Uh, High-quality high items will be removed as of the 6.0 update. Um, there, there's a new uh, PvP mode, which, you know... I don't know. PvP has never been all that great in Final Fantasy XIV from what I understand. So, uh, eh. Let's see. Uh, Halo and Final Fantasy are chocolate and peanut butter of coverage. Yeah, right? (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Let's go to Fanbyte. Fanbyte probably has something. Here's a screenshot from that stream. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV's housing system is changing things up again during the latest letter from the producer live. Uh, director and producer Naoki Yoshida, also known as Yoshi P, details how Endwalker's release will implement a new lottery system, change up a few rules, and add homes in Ishgard. So this is for the this is for the housing rules. This is just housing stuff. You can tell you can tell there's a fan that they're they're concentrating on a very specific portion of this live letter. <laughs> so they're, yeah, they're announcing a new new housing area. Uh, in Ishgard, they've been building up on that for a while now. That was a whole thing where you could uh, contribute to building the housing portion of Ishgard. Uh, that finished a while ago, and now they're going to open up uh, in Endwalker. Uh, the new residential district, Imperium, blah, 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 24 wards, 24 subdivisions, all that fun stuff. And we'll be able to walk through it in 6.0. It'll be available for purchase in 6.1. There's a bunch of details here for people who are interested. I honestly was not looking for that information. Um, don't. Oh, of course, it's going to take me to the video. Really? I am disappointed. Video game journalists. And this is an old article. Anyway, there's, they did a bunch of stuff regarding uh, the hand and land jobs. Uh, yeah, removing high quality items uh which i appreciate here we go gamer escape gamer escape's got to give me something oh man yoshi p was crying he was so bummed about having to change this and like i get it to an extent because i had not reserved time off because it was a bad time for me but i know a lot of people probably did and to have pushed the release date two weeks before it comes out like that causes some problems for people and i i think he gets that um yeah, it was heartbreaking to see to see him bummed about this. Um, but yeah, man, like Sakurai, uh, Sakurai and Iwata just were like shining lights in the game dev community. But dude, Yoshi P has been just. I want his rings every time I see this. Like he's got this sick watch and chain and rings like i don't think i'd be a ring guy i could be a ring guy they look goddamn cool on him uh see release day pushback yep uh two more weeks but uh early access begins december 3rd i am 
so excited. I cannot tell you how excited I am. Uh, up to, upcoming schedule. So December 3rd, early access. December 7th is the official launch. December 21st is patch 6.01, which is the release of the Pandemonium raid content. Uh, January 4th, uh, patch 605 release with Pandemonium Savage. The Excitatron 6000 treasure map dungeons. New Allegan tombstones with weekly cap and new gear will be added. Um, I am just going to play. Well, I don't want to play it just yet. We, we got to look at th- this other stuff. So the 6.0 overview, we got new areas. Old Charlian, Razathan, Labyrinthos, Thabnair, Garlemald and Mara Lamentorum. Um, good stuff there. Uh, it seems in the in the new yeah, there's new main scenario quests. Of course there are. Um, you'll see in this in this picture here. Uh, it looks like when you're in Charlian, at least for the MSQ, uh, Alphano and Alize will be following you, uh, like it's goddamn Mass Effect. So that'll be fun. Oh, for certain quests, okay. And they'll be having conversations again. Mass Effect. I'm ready. Unlike Mass Effect, you can't choose who's behind you. This is, which is a shame, but oh well. Uh, job quests. They got five quest lines, tank, healer, melee DPS, physical range DPS, and magical range DPS. Extra quests for completing all five quest lines will be added 6.1 or later. Roll quests will not be a requirement to complete the main scenario as it was in Shadowbringers. Oh, that's nice. There will be no nine, level 90 job quests. Uh, studium deliveries. Five quest lines for Disciples of the Hand and Land. Uh, Crystarium Deliveries, Blacks, blah, 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 blah. Extra quests will be available upon complete. So same thing, but just for hand and land uh, jobs. New dungeon, new dungeons, new trials. Uh, they're showing off some all-white gear, which looks really cool. Um, let's see, new raid dungeon. They showed some pictures of Pandemonium, uh, Treasure Dungeon. This new PvP area, which makes you think of like a Splatoon map. Um so let's read let's read that, that this uh this concept for PvP. New small scale 5v5 short matches with simple rules that can be played casually. Nice. Removal of role-based matchmaking and actions, addition of distinctive PvP actions and job specific adrenaline rushes. Uh 5v5 competition, each team formed of five different jobs with no role restrictions, casual ranked and custom matches available, skill-based matchmaking. Nice. Two teams with bases on opposite ends of the map compete to claim possession of a crystal in the center. Once a team has claimed possession of the crystal, it will move towards their opponent's territory. The team that gets the crystal into the goal wins. Ooh, that seems kind of cool. Ranking rewards, place, tier, be rewarded with titles, achievements, and other accolades. Neat. Uh, Series periods will be added. Players may earn series rewards by participating. Okay, all right. Special tokens, calling card system, feature allows for customization of profiles. Nice. That's fun. Okay. Uh, crafting and gathering adjustment. High quality items no longer obtainable, which I'm fine with. <laughs> um, see, crafting, new actions will be added. New recipe, recipe progress and quality values will be adjusted in accordance with value downscaling across the board. If you remember from before, when we last talked about this, uh, uh, all the values will be downscaled because the numbers are getting too high. <laughs> um, let's see, mining and botany, new actions, blah, 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 blah. 
Okay, fishing. Yep. Lev reward adjustment. The amount of gil rewarded per lev quest will be adjusted in light of gil inflation. The experience in gil rewarded by trade craft and fishing levs requiring a large number of items are currently too high and will be reduced. The, the experience in gil rewarded by certain other leaves will be increased. Experience values may appear reduced in some cases as EXP downscaling will be implemented concurrently. So yeah, all that's downscaled. Um, here's something, uh, mid-level experience reset. The database must be overwritten to implement the downscaling of values. As a result, any experience accumulated between levels prior to 6.0 release will be set to zero. So if you are halfway through uh, leveling through a level and the data overwrite happens, you lose that portion of, uh, you lose that, that progress. So, uh, and they explained in detail, they like tried to figure it out and uh, just couldn't do it. Yeah, the stat question had to come eventually, as we learned with WoW. It's what happens. Uh, New Allegan Tombstones, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> they got new Viera hairstyles. They've been working their way towards this. Uh, and so for your, for your bunny people, you got a number. Uh, Hrothgar hairstyles will come at patch 6.1 because it's just a different, it's not as easy as this. A lot of these are humanoid heads, so you can just put these on, but being Hrothgar being lion heads, it's not, it's not as easy. New scripts. They got an achievement UI update, which includes tabs near completion and recommended, uh, which is cool. Uh, they changed the look of it, as you can see here. Da, 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 da. Oh, this was an interesting thing that uh, happened. Embody, immerse spatial audio. Support for Embody's immerse spatial audio will be added. Immerse spatial audio is an original sound add-on produced by Embody that brings 360-degree personalized spatial audio to the world of Final Fantasy XIV. Final Fantasy XIV sound team and Embody have collaborated to create this exclusive add-on tuned to offer the perfect spatial audio experience of Final Fantasy XIV. To enable immersive spatial audio, players must first purchase a license from the Embody website, which is like 20 bucks, I think, and install the game pack. The add-on then can be enabled from the in-game system configuration settings. It does not say in this, in this note thing, but in order for it to work, it says personalized, right? You have to take a picture of your ear. You take a picture of your ear and send it to them and they customize the spatial audio thing based on the shape of your ear. This does, <laughs> and you're watching the stream, and like you watch the trailer, and they just start laughing because they're like, "God, when you put it this way, this sounds fishy. This doesn't seem. This seems like this shouldn't work." Um. And then they moved on. <laughs> so, you know, if you want to spend the $20, uh, you, you can, you can try that out. Apparently you can just throw on headphones. It didn't, they didn't recommend like a certain type of headphone. Apparently it just works with any headphone. I, I don't know. I don't get it. But part of me wonders. There was a tech demo video I found while that stream was going. I, I pulled it up. 
and like you know it's it's 360 surround sound and some of it didn't sound right but again it's not customized to my ear right so maybe it wouldn't work it's it's just weird if you have 20 bucks to burn i guess um with n walker early access 14 day free trial begins pre-purchase begins uh, with two major benefits, save 20% on all orders and early experience before official release. Oh, this is... Wait, is this for uh, is this for Embody still? Looks like it. Weird. Okay. Um, housing update, we went over a bit of that. Uh, oh, one of the things about the housing update I found interesting is that uh some of it is not even like intended to be a house some of it's like there's a cafe area on the side which i think is incredibly cool uh so we can just hang out and have food and drink uh and sit around uh people will be entering a lottery system to gain these uh plots which people find better than the first come first serve because it it put stress on people to try and get there as soon as possible. Whereas with this, it's like, all right, who gets it, gets it. Let's just do it. Mm. Sorry, I had to get coffee. I've been talking by myself for an hour and 20 minutes, which is, you know, we've done solo streams before. It's not the first time I've done that, but who? Thanks for sticking around. Relocation to land that is not yet ready to purchase will no longer be available as of 6.0. Land devaluation will be removed. It is no longer possible to grant brand new FC members authorization to purchase land or the rank of FC master. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's trying to game this system. Uh, yeah, looking forward to that. I, I have a I have a small group in FC going to try and uh, nab one of these. So here's hoping. Crossing. Uh, Oceanian Data Center is coming, but it's currently planned to open in February 2022. Uh, the data center will be called Materia. Worlds in the Materia Data Center will be treated as new worlds with free world transfers and more bonuses available. Neat. So, uh, yeah. Um, I'm excited. I'm so excited. Yeah, coffee. <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have coffee time. And then if I can get, if we get one of these uh, free company places that has a coffee, uh, cafe outside, I'll have a, my character sitting at a table drinking coffee with me in the corner actually drinking coffee while we talk about stuff. Mm. Good time. Coffeeception. Uh, I'm very, very excited to uh, play this game. In fact, I played, I spent a majority of my time yesterday playing uh this is how I think we're going to end this podcast on. I wanted to talk about uh, some of my time playing uh, Final Fantasy, and I, I, I had, I have some massive tank anxiety. Uh, I, I went in as a Dark Knight to the very first dungeon, and everyone was very supportive, but I clearly was like messing things up. Uh, I was, I thought I was gathering people, and then I wasn't. I did exactly. I knew, I knew this was a problem, and yet the the moment I went in, I forgot it. And committed the crime anyway, which was I did not turn on tank stance. And I, I went, I went into the first mob. I'm like, why aren't they looking at me? Why aren't they looking at me? Like, oh, shit. okay. So I did that, 
And then I'm, I'm trying to do the thing where you pull wall to wall, uh, because people get, some people, I should, I should say some people, some people get upset when you just do, you know, single mob areas, you know? Uh, so I tried to do wall to wall and that requires pulling from, uh, people as you're running through. And I just wasn't getting everyone. And I'm not sure if I was using the wrong ability or something, but I was getting some people and not others. So I was having to go back and grab them, uh, and then go keep going. And yeah, it was all right. And then, uh, one of the DPS just started like kind of leading the group. Cause I, when you're a DPS, you don't really care. You're just kind of running through the, the tank does their thing and you're just kind of going. Uh, and so when you get, when you try tank for the first time, you're like, it seems like a new dungeon to you. Like, wait, what are we doing? We have to go get a key. Well, okay. I guess we'll go down this path. I remember going down to get a key, I guess. Um, anyway, it worked out. We got through and the person that led me, uh, and the rest, uh, was super supportive. So I was happy about that. Uh, but I was embarrassed. Oh, I was so embarrassed. Uh, so I don't, I don't feel strong enough to do tank duties just yet. Uh, I did a little bit of healing, healing, quote unquote. We went through the, the MSQ roulette, uh, which means, uh, there was barely any healing needed at all. Uh, Broughton in chat. I'm very curious to try tanking after 17 years as a wow tank. Uh, from what I hear from my Final Fantasy friend, it is dead easy simple. Uh, in fact, like Dark Knight is apparently just boring. Um, but as someone who is overwhelmed by uh, MMO mechanics and all that, I'm I'm thankful for that, to be quite honest. Uh, so, yeah, you know, we'll see. Uh, but uh, yeah, I tried a couple things. I I'm also like leveling up very slowly leveling up my monk and my bard. Uh, but I honestly do think I'm going to end up uh, playing as a red mage going through Endwalker as well, uh, which I did for Heaven's Word and Stormblood and Shadowbringers. So I wanted to try something else for main, but unless I level a DPS that I really like all the way up to 80 in time, uh, I don't know if it's going to happen. But... Uh, the changes to Red Mage seem to be really cool. Um, so I'm not too worried about that. Yeah. Anyway, that is our show for today. Uh, I'm staring at these Final Fantasy XIV images, and it's giving me the urge to play some Final Fantasy XIV, so I'm going to get to that. Uh, but uh, thank you guys for hanging out. I know it was it's, it's weird and different, me being by myself. Um, yes, Bronson, I did see your bar name in the Discord, and you are correct. Yes. Um, God. Yeah, Bard's a fun time. Mm. Not great for, like, large numbers of, you know, not great for damage, but, I don't know, it's a fun time. And the weapons, when you get to, like, high-level Bard, are huge and amazing. I love it. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hey, thank you guys for for joining. Uh, This has been the Super Gamecast 2. Uh, we are on social media, you know, think of Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, we're all there. And, uh, we're also on discord, super Gamecraft discord, which, uh, you can find in our Twitch, uh, page. There's a link there. 
uh, follow us on on Twitch if you haven't, and then join the Discord. Uh, anyway, you know you know to to catch us here. Uh, if you're listening on audio, you catch us on Spotify and Amazon Music and Apple Music and all that fun stuff. Bronson's going as Black Mage. Cool. Yeah, I think that's like top tier DPS. So uh, they're doing well. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so later this week, I think on Thursday, I think we're going to try and have some Halo fun. I don't know if we're streaming that or not, uh, but we're going to try and get together for for Halo to enjoy, uh, to celebrate Bronson getting back from the hospital. And uh, we're going to hang out and have a good time. So uh, I think that's going to be that's going to be it for uh for today's episode and uh we'll see you around uh have fun have happy gaming and hope the rest of your week goes well and we'll we will catch you later bye guys wait i don't how do you do this how do you do this there we go i'm a professional podcaster also also halos happen saturday apparently letting you know bye